Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink, we play games, we have the song of the week, we have the creative curse word of the week. As long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! Hey guys, welcome to CarCast, brought to you by our friends at Geico. Whether you own your home or rent your home, we know it can be a lot of hard work, but you know what's easy? It's bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And we know that's a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. So this show, we're going to take a deep dive into the uh, new Hennessy Mammoth <laughs> 1000. Yeah. 1,000 horsepower plus. Matt drove that, so we'll talk about uh, his impressions. Tesla Plaid, do an overview of that. Porsche Mission R. We'll get into all that. First, I'll tell you about J.B. Weld. DIYers and pros have trusted J.B. Weld for over 50 years for projects, big and small. Home or garage, use the world's strongest bond. We're proud to have J.B. Weld Epoxy Adhesive as a sponsor. I personally know the owner. J.B. Welders are uh, the good people. We use it here. Everyone here uses it here because they make something for every application. Metal, wood, plastics, glass, ceramics, uh, Fixed Sonny's tennis shoe, fixed some stonework in front of my house, and just keep it in your kitchen drawer. By the way, JB Weld just acquired Herculiner, the original DIY truck bed liner. So if you're looking for the world's strongest truck bed liner, Herculiner has you covered, right, Matt? Yeah, you know, JB Weld is available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, Napa, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And remember, JB Weld epoxy products are proudly made in the USA. It's JB Weld, world's strongest bond. Get it on. Got to get on. I chose to get a minute. Get it on. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Adam Quirrell. It's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. How goes it with you, Matt? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Oh, man. Uh, we got some fun things to talk about today. Let me just kick things off with a reminder from our friends at JB Weld. It's available at jbweld.com, Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, Napa, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And remember, JB Weld epoxy products are proudly made in the USA. It's JB Weld, world's strongest bond. All right, what's going on with you in the car world? Oh, uh, did you see that monster truck I drove? No, you didn't see it over there. I, oh, I know is it a are... black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's oh, the... is it is it a Ram? It's the Ram TRX, which we've driven before. Oh, okay. okay. So uh, that one's on me because I was pulling you, into the other shop. I had some um, quick things to do with Sean, some designs, some fabrication, to ba, 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 ba. and I as as I was pulling in, and this is a this is an interesting um, uh, window into the human mind, yeah. you know, because. My, I'm always just like scanning for stuff and I'm looking for stuff that's different. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, uh, I'm a profiler, you know? <laughs> so I was pulling in and I, I wasn't pulling in. I was kind of down the street and I see this big black hood. Yeah. And I go, oh, that looks like a big Dodge truck. Mm-hmm. And then I, my next thought is, is, oh, Sean didn't drive his Prius. Sean drove his Dodge. 
Right. And then my next thought is, Sean never drives his Dodge. <laughs> but then my next thought is, well, I guess he drove his Dodge. Yeah. And I just pull it. So that was my little brain yeah. like doing, do, 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 do. like, I got to make sense of this. Whose Dodge is that? It's got to be Sean. And then I didn't look at it as I pulled in because I'd signed off a hundred feet down right. the street that that was Sean's truck. And I didn't need to slow down and examine his dog nuts hanging off the back of that <laughs> thing. So. I completely just went right past it. But it was interesting that I had the thought, like, Sean never drives his truck. Yeah. I, and, and you're right. You could have been like, oh, you know, maybe the wife took the car and they're dropping the kids off or her car's in the shop. And there's always like a thing. But that- then, to, then to, take it, to take it a step further, as I was pulling into this shop, I looked into the driveway and I was like, well, how'd Matt get here? I didn't see his car. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. So now, now I'm back to square one. But well, that this was is, all I had. This is it. This is where it happened. So we drove the Ram TRX, which is uh, big, over the top. We, you know, it's fun, you know, understanding what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, then our friend John Hennessy reached out and said, you drove the TRX. I'd like to send you ours, mm-hmm. our Mammoth 1000. Mm-hmm. So he took the 707 horsepower TRX and made it 1,012 horsepower. <laughs> right. As, as he would do. First city driver. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because it's been a minute since I was been in this truck or, or something this big. And I just got it yesterday, and I, I haven't even driven it. So I just drove it here. And immediately, it's just like, it's massive. You're on the freeway. Everybody's smaller than you. And, you know, like this is an expensive truck and it's, and, you know, uh, they've got to they've got to show it at an event on the weekend. And I'm just nervous driving. It was just like, I just got to get my bearings on how big it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I just couldn't get comfortable because as I'm driving here, my first driving task is completely wall-to-wall traffic on the 405 and the 101 right how uh so we got an extra 240 horsepower or so out of it right yeah um i don't believe you need to open up anything on the lower end for that no but he did swap the supercharger he took the stock supercharger off went with the magnuson supercharger it's a 2.65 liter supercharger so it's not about a pulley no this one is that there are those kits and there's porting the stock uh supercharger you can take it off you can take the case off you can do like a port and polish as you if you will on the supercharger yes on the supercharger and the intake yes in the intake and in the housing for it because it's still kind of rough cast and there's some machine pieces Mm -hmm. to it and there's a little bit of an improvement you can do on most of these types of superchargers um, but the easier way to get to the bigger horsepower is to swap the supercharger. Now, along with that, you need fuel injectors, you need fuel, you need a good tune, you need a number of things to make it happen. Any exhaust stuff? He did do exhaust on it as well. I don't know that he did a lot of suspension work, but on this particular truck, um, you know, those customers typically want to go for a, a tougher look. So, uh, there's the front and rear of the bumpers and the and the retractable tonneau cover and all the LED lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this truck comes in at about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now, being a turnkey package, the one hundred and fifty thousand dollars is the truck, everything installed with the two year twenty four thousand mile warranty. Uh, but if you had your truck and you wanted to send it down to him, he can do the supercharger package uh, for. It's $32,500 installed. That includes the supercharger, the pulley drives, thermostats, you know, uh, you know, thermostat upgrade, um, calibration, also installed, dyno tested, road tested, and warrantied. So mm-hmm. it seems like, hey, you could buy a $7,000 supercharger, but if you want it installed and you want it warrantied and you want it ready to go out the door, it's it's $32,500. So, uh, there's wheel and tire packages, 35s. You can get the 37s. But this thing comes in at, I mean, it it's 0 to 60 in 3.2 seconds on his test track. You know, John mm-hmm. has his test track in his backyard, runs 1140s in the quarter mile. Uh, it's funny, around town, it's still, I mean, it's fast, but it still feels docile. Mm-hmm. And all the 
the Dodge performance vehicles, they have all the different settings and buttons you can push. There's a track and a sport. And of course, this one's snow and mud and off-road and stuff. And when they delivered it, like, just drive it. It's fine. And they said, then go in there, hit the sport button. That calibrates a tune. The tune for that sport button is different. Um, and it's more aggressive in the Hennessy version. He's like, you can tune the tune on, leave the traction control on. And it's it's an animal. I I was just getting onto the on ramp this morning. I was like, I've I've got I've got one mile on the short freeway, the ninety kind of in, in the marina before I hit traffic. I'm just gonna hit the sport button and just hammer down and see what happens. And this thing squats, it takes off. It's almost a little scary to drive. Like it's kind of wiggling. It's got the big off road tires little and stuff light on in it. The front. It it I mean it's hard to it's interesting to say, yes, it's light in the front for a vehicle that weighs, I don't know, 5,000-something pounds, but I just yeah, think... maybe more. Uh, but also with the, with sort of the off-road tires, it just doesn't have... Is it all-wheel drive? Yeah, it is. So all, it, it, Full-time all-wheel. And it hooks. You know, right. It just, so no, it launches. N- no locking any hubs or... I no. mean, I don't mean getting out Yeah, anymore, yeah, yeah. And I mean... It has its low modes and stuff like that for the off-road, but it's it's full-time. Is it like 70-30? Do they break it up? Yeah, I don't I don't really know what the configuration is on it. Um, uh, it's funny because uh, those specs pop up more when I'm reading into the all-wheel drive super sedans and sports cars and, you know, like a mm-hmm. Porsche Panamera. They're like, oh, yeah, it's, it's all-wheel drive, but it can go into drift mode and put all the power to the rear wheels. And, you know, so mm-hmm. there's not a lot of that discussion with this, with this truck. Uh, I don't see it in, in any of the information that they sent me. But uh, it's, I mean, if you had, listen, yeah, obviously Goldberg's got his big ranch. He's got his TRX, and he offers – He's coming out soon with his Goldberg's Garage branded power packages. Mm-hmm. So he's been driving around and testing his like 980 rear wheel horsepower TRX. The development of that package is done. It's going to go to missions testing. That's the big thing is emissions testing. So are the, the uh, 1,012, that's to the crank or to the rear wheels? Um, this one he doesn't say. So I think it's, I think it's to, to the, the crank. crank. So this is a similar package. Mm-hmm. Uh but Goldberg sent his truck back for the development on the twin turbo package. Now, mm. I don't think it's going to be compound boost, right? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be turbos blowing into the supercharger, which we've seen. Mm-hmm. And you could do that because its weight is less of a concern. Uh, but I, I think the company he works with, Gearhead Fabrications, has had more success with taking the supercharger off but keeping that lower manifold that has the – uh, the air to water intercooler, and mm-hmm. then they build a manifold. They either cast something or do a sheet metal manifold on top. Mm-hmm. And then twin turbos blows into a manifold where the supercharger would be, but uses the intercooler. Mm-hmm. And God and damn. it's all packaged. It, it's it's pretty pretty amazing that there, we can develop these things. And by the way, offer something like this with emissions legal two year warranty and a thousand. 12 horsepower in a truck <laughs> well it's a how the halcyon days of uh horsepower nobody nobody thought we'd ever get here because you know back in the day when we were talking about horsepower we were talking about horsepower but we weren't really talking about suspension and brakes and things of that nature so you know some guy'd get a chevelle or a nova and he'd put some you know high-rise manifold with twin holly double pumpers on there yeah you know something and you would have that horsepower but you'd have small unvented disc in the front you'd have maybe a you know live rear axle leaf springs you know what i mean drums in the rear like you just had none of the stuff that would help it turn or break and or any forget about traction control any of that and so the concept was always like, well, the guy's got the Chevelle with 675 horsepower, but it's scarier and shit. Like, the guy's wife couldn't drive it. And then the concept was sort of like, well, so what if he gets to 900 horsepower? It's still, it's undrivable, you know? I mean, you could go in a straight line, you know, at a quarter mile, but you can't 
couldn't take it out and throw it around with that kind of horsepower. You don't have the yeah. brake suspension. Or the so technology. So. Or the like, technology. Now we have right. adjustable suspension, adjustable drive modes. Uh, right. You know, all sorts of things that that allow you to sort of jekyll and hide the vehicle, right? You can drive it around town and calm everything down and make it comfortable. And you can go off-road or you can go to a racing track if, if, for different types of cars. But some of the supercar technology of things like adjustable suspension and pop-up wings and things like that can – that can now is trickling down to a lot of cars. Anything with performance oriented. This truck has launch control. What do you want launch right. control for? You don't need it, but it's just fun. And, and they're like, we already have the technology. Why not just put it in there? Yeah. So w- what it what it reminds me of is when we're thinking. Sometimes we're thinking in a kind of narrow band kind of thinking. So like back when I was talking about you know big horsepower and what guys were doing for big horsepower it was always about horsepower no one really thought about suspension brakes computers you know electronics and things like that so we were kind of at at a weird loggerhead because we're like so what if you got this much horsepower it's still in a chevelle uh but we never really thought about the day where you'd have that horsepower and have that drivability what a time we're living in. All right. Let me tell you about uh, Craig Pocket Hole Jig 520 Pro. Now anyone can easily create perfect, strong pocket hole joints with the Craig Pocket Hole Jig 520 Pro, the most versatile pocket hole jig yet. It works on a wide variety of material, great for all types of indoor and outdoor projects. Craig Pocket Hole Jig uh, 520 Pro comes with everything you need, the drill, the driver bits as well. And uh, also, I should say that Drill bits and the driver bits. You've got to provide the drill. Material gauge, a uh, Craig Classic face clamp, 100 Craig pocket hole screws, and a project plan. Just retails for just $99.99. Available nationwide at Home Depot, Lowe's, and other centers, woodworking centers, and hardware stores and things. This is a nice tool. It's a serious tool for those who listen, who work in the garage, who work with their hands, who want to put wood together. This is the best way to do it. And you can do uh, pocket hole projects anytime, anywhere. You learn more at craigtool.com. That's K-R-E-G, tool.com. I was, uh, you know, I was, I don't know why, but I was sitting around the other night and I was looking through some old videos of um, car casts going around the track in that uh, 2 plus 2 Nissan of mine, the turbo car. And uh, I just sort of forgot how much I like driving that car. And uh, I was looking at the old video where the Porsche 914 cut me off and sent me into the dirt. But uh, before that, it was cool. And I was looking at our, I guess it was TrackMate software, though. I don't know what yeah, I software we had in the car. But um, one of the laps was a, a 138 flat. And I was like, that car was hauling ass uh, on that track for the, for the most, I mean, for me. Just, you know, 139s mostly, but uh, 138 in there as well. And I was like, oh, yeah, I like seeing, I like the speed, the speedo up there. The where you're at on the track, don't really need that, but that's fine. But uh, it was kind of cool info. And uh, it was nice to see your lap times. And it was nice to see your speeds, not only your top speed, but getting down into the slower bits of the of the track which you had to get down to and uh i thought we gotta get that thing back and hooked up to something no so we we had that system and then we we switched to something else there was some i don't know why but there was some compatibility issue with whatever we were trying to do or tie into one of the fuel injection systems or something but i think we have v-box if that sounds familiar we have v-box i think we have uh that system and i don't know if it's in the porsche right now or if we used it for something i gotta i gotta check it out but either way uh before too long whenever we make our decision on what what we're going with next time or what event we're getting up to, we should definitely get that system up and running now. Yeah, the V-Box we have, but it it, it takes a little bit, like we got to get ahead of it because I think there's a little bit of wiring or it needs like a power source and there's some cameras that it comes with that 
I'm, have to be sort of fastened in. And, you know, we're going way back to 2013, but with our last video or system, but I got to believe there's got to be some wireless shit going on these days. There now, is, but I don't it, know if you're getting a tack out of that. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. There were some issues with getting the data uh, on the screen that you want, like like tack and stuff. I think there's GPS speed is pretty pretty easy to do now, but there were some other issues with uh, with with getting certain data. Um, I think. If I remember correctly, whatever car we ran the V-Box in, probably the 935, Sean might have dipped into there and, and installed some stuff. If it wasn't that car, he did some sort of installation to figure some things out. Um, mm-hmm. So we'd have to look at that and maybe move that to the next car. I mean, it it's fairly portable, but it's not just like throw your iPhone in the car and then when the video pops out, you know, the tack is there and the lime t- mm-hmm. speed, you know, the, the track times are there. There's a little bit of coordinating that it needs to do. All right, you drove the uh, Passat, which I, I is have been driving kind of boring. But on the other hand, yeah. I've I've always liked the uh, VW stuff i mean obviously it's not a bmw and it's not an audi but it somebody brought up i'm sitting around last night and somebody brought up uh having a scirocco mm-hmm. back in the day and man when i was around in the early 80s if you had a scirocco you were a winner you were not yeah. uh not slumming it you were a winner and if you had uh you know a gti rabbit you were a winner Mm-hmm. And uh, plenty of guys in the San Fernando Valley, probably different, probably a little different than you in Florida, but plenty of guys who'd done a lot of breathing on uh, GTIs. Oh, yeah. Squatted with side skirts and rims and white on white and monochromatic, <laughs> you yeah. know, that, that look. Uh, Scirocco. Uh, so, like, I always kind of, I like, I always kind of like the, the VW stuff the passat looks pretty good from what i've seen you know i i had a a a friend of mine got a passat years ago and uh it was a big deal it's like this is a nice car and it had a leather interior and it was the first nice car that he had and and we really kind of enjoyed it and it felt like like a good size sedan and it felt fairly reliable and it felt like it was good gas mileage and you know, I don't think that the Passat has really changed in that category much. Maybe it goes up against Honda Accord, Mazda Six, uh, uh, you know, things of, of that sense. But you know, it it really only has the one engine option now. Now, keep in mind the the Passat maybe less in the U.S. but other parts of the world. It's been the victim of VW's diesel gate, mm-hmm. right? So we only have, I believe, the two liter turbo engine available here, and it's. It's fine. It's it's not going to win any races, um, but the fuel economy works, and it's a nice enough car, especially when you consider, you know, it's in the low thirty thousand dollar range. You get a lot of car and a good size sedan for that range. Are they out of the diesel business? And they, is everyone out of the diesel business in the U.S.? Yeah, I haven't seen much come up with uh, with the diesel stuff in a while. But I'll tell you, because the Passat. The diesel Passat was such a big part of their business model, and there's no more diesel Passat. We're actually going to see the end of the Passat, and it's been a it's been a car in their model lineup for I don't know thirty years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think next year, either twenty two or twenty three, is going to be the last model year of the Passat. I don't know if they're going to bring it back as an EV or use that nameplate somewhere, but this is it. Like I. I just drove this car, but this is sort of the farewell to the Passat. This wasn't like, hey, drive the brand new Passat. It's got some new sheet metal on it, so it looks a little better. Um, Mm -hmm. And I believe it's made in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. You know, but it still suffers from some things on that platform. You know, it still has a pretty small infotainment screen, uh, you know, like a 6.3. But, you know, it does car play you know, has all the the technology that you would suspect it would have. But listen, if you're looking for a, a full size, you know, a good size sedan, you can take a look at the Passat before it's gone. Especially if you're a VW loyalist. But just know that this is on its way out. What was the VW before the Passat? Don't they have a big one though? They have a 
Well, they got Ayrton? a they got a big Ayrton. flagship, but yeah. what was the oh the Jetta? That's what I was thinking of. I think Jimmy had yeah. a Jetta <laughs> back then. The thing about the Jettas and some of those like early forms of VW is they were kind of cool because they had a kind of Euro vibe mm-hmm. on the interior and everything was cool, but they were much less than a, a BMW or I don't know an Audi or something. But the the they just didn't last. They weren't they weren't durable like the Hondas. You got the sort of Euro. Don't tell that to Frankie Muniz. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's, I think got he's got the, the Jetta. Yeah, he's got the Fast and Furious Jetta. I believe that's right. He yeah. bought it back from himself. <laughs> he just, like sold it and bought it and. I don't know. Yeah, that's a you know that's a place we should all strive for, where you like put a car into an auction and then you bid to get it back. Yeah, which I don't think you're allowed to do. So I'm not exactly how he got it back, but maybe bought it from somebody. But. Maybe got it from the winning bid or something. Yeah, a uh, sweet guy uh, living in New <laughs> Arizona? Mexico Arizona? or Arizona. Yeah, he was in Arizona. Um, all right, yeah, but uh, by the way, I never think about it. Car guy. I you know at Barrett Jackson auctions there every year frequent mm-hmm. buyer and seller of cars mm-hmm. you know just likes what he likes yeah uh, <laughs> the uh, the Porsche has got the new Mission R concept that you want to talk about yeah so I just kind of brought it up it's just a an exercise from from Porsche we'll bring up some photos uh, maybe one of the guys can grab the Porsche Mission R photos. It's small. It's all electric. It's over a thousand horsepower. And uh, it could be sort of a a thought from Porsche on a couple things. Is it could be some foreshadowing into what the next version of the seven eighteen might be that came mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. Uh, just be given its size, um, maybe some R and D onto the EV, an EV seven eighteen, because this is an all electric vehicle. This Mission R. Um, also, Porsche is putting some attention and going, you know what, we've got our model-specific cup series, right? It's 911s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about something like this, an all-electric version of, mm-hmm. of, a, you know, of a cup series, if you will, just a model-specific? Yeah. So that was kind of the exercise. Now, this, small is, car. this is a track car. This is a track car. Yeah. My take with the electric racing is it's totally fine. Racing's racing. It's fun. Um, I don't think we can go in and swap cars or like swap battery packs, maybe battery packs. I don't like the go in and swap cars, you know, when so the batteries just get low. The race is done. Like that's, you, well, you, here's, you, you time it out to where the battery is. Here's the technology. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets the same battery. Everyone's got the same you know, range. And, uh, and then maybe there's some strategy about how you're going to use that. You know, maybe it factors in like they do with fuel mm-hmm. in NASCAR and Indy, you know, where, you know, it always, whenever you, you know, watch. Fuel strategy is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you watch the Indy 500, the last 25 laps of the race, it's all they're talking about is when they're pitting <laughs> strategies. What are they doing? Is he drafting? You know what I mean? Can he make it? Kind of makes it exciting to see if the guy's not coming in to refuel, see if he's going to stay out there, you know, all that good stuff. Then a yellow comes in, and now we have another factor to deal with. But I could watch a, you know, a sprint race. Like, we don't have to go to Road Atlanta and do a six-hour enduro. Like, we could just do a sprint race. Um, I'm making up the technology, but... If if the battery, in fact, is, you know, a level playing field, everyone's got the same, especially if you're doing an IROC-type series. You know, you yeah. get best drivers from Le Mans, the best from Indy, and the best from, uh, you know, GT. You know, put them all, NASCAR, put them all in the same car, kind of mm-hmm. like the uh, BMW M1 Pro Car kind of thing. Everyone's topped off with the same charge. And, you know, the race is essentially long enough for one charge. No battery swaps, yeah. no no car swaps. Um, that would be fun. I think when you get into swapping the cars like the E, Formula E was doing. Yeah. I think I, I, that feels weird to me. Um, well, swapping the, the battery didn't the bat- seem to work. <laughs> the, the bat- I, it just, I don't know, worth the technology, I believe, where you could do... A hundred mile race or like a ninety minute race. I mean, you also have to factor in, 
yellows and reds and blacks and you know yeah, stuff going on. Yeah, I was going to say, on. can you get ninety minutes of TV out of it? Right. You know, can you can you can you get that? Can you get a ninety minute race out of it? Right. Um, I don't know. <laughs> a car like this, which is fairly small, uh, is not going to have a lot of battery, so they're going to, uh, you know. But I think it's also important for car companies to get into this because a lot of this does, for lack of a better term, fuel their R and D into the street cars. Like, what what sort of temperature ranges can we put batteries and electric motors through? What sort of everything? Just what sort of. Uh, durability on gearing and and all sorts of things like in the in the ev world how does that work mm-hmm. you know just like we do now you know the pratt and miller corvettes they beat on those things and a lot of what happens there gets sort of trickled down to the street corvettes we had the corvette c8 launch they're racing the c8 and they're taking what's happening from there and putting that into the Z06, which is coming out soon. That's why they waited, whatever, two years or a year or something to get that car out. Yeah, I wonder what something like the uh, Porsche uh, Mission R would – I wonder what it would uh, retail for. Well, as a racing car, we're not sure. But if some of this technology trickles down to an EV version of the Cayman, mm-hmm. it could be interesting. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, I don't think – you know, Ferrari made an FXX, and there's other versions. I guess Porsche kind of did their yeah, reboot the 935, of 935 yeah. and stuff like that. I, you're never really going to lose on buying the very limited production, track-only, marquee, name Porsche, Ferrari, mm-hmm. uh, what have you, car. I don't think you're ever going to get burned if you spend a million bucks on that car because we all know it, it could go across the block at, at Gooding in uh, four years for, you know, one seven. Yeah. All right. Let me tell you about Mac Weldon. You're busy. Stop thinking about uh, what to wear and embrace Mac Weldon's daily wear system, a selection of clothes with smart design, performance fabrics built to work together. From breathable T-shirts and polos to stylish button-ups and shorts, um, underwear and beyond. Mack Weldon, they're just just a cut above. Um, The stuff is great, especially the uh, T-shirts. They're almost like, they just have this, they're like, um, they almost correct your posture. Let's kind of pull (laughs) your shoulders back. Feel good. I stocked up on my Mack Weldon polos before we went to Monterey. Yeah, it's not like because they were lightweight and breathable, but still kind of felt like you can walk. Yeah, Mac you know, Weldon makes serious stuff, and uh, for the ultimate lazy Sunday, their uh, Ace sweatshorts. Oh, I like that. Pair perfectly with their ultra soft, ultra upgraded Pima tees and uh, their silver knit polo. What we're talking about, radius shorts are perfect. High tech, highly packable combo. Yeah, you can pack them, travel light. It's Mac Weldon, right, Matt? Yeah, you know, buy buy some time this summer with the Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash CarCast and enter promo code CarCast. That's MacWeldon.com slash CarCast. The promo code is is CarCast for 20% off. It's Mack Weldon, radically efficient wardrobe. So we got the Tesla Plaid, an overview of that. I was talking to... Uh, to Alistair Weaver from Edmonds and mm-hmm. the Tesla Plaid. <clears throat> funny enough, we were talking about driving the Hennessy Mammoth, $150,000, a thousand horsepower. And he's like, yeah. And I just drove the Model S Plaid, about $140,000, a thousand twenty horsepower. <laughs> and it is currently the quickest production car out there. Now, the Rimac. Uh, supercar, a couple million bucks, is faster, but not really in production yet, haven't delivered the car. Uh, Tesla claims 0 to 60 in 1.99 seconds, Hmm. and I think they said 9.23 in the quarter mile. And uh, uh, the guys from from Edmonds, they brought it out to their test track. They ran 2.3 seconds. But they didn't calculate in the one-foot rollout, and then they didn't calculate in a drag strip with prep track. And they said— A lot of rubber on the track. And they said, you know, 
Tesla's claim of 1.99 at a drag strip is pretty much it. They they think they're within a tenth of a second uh, of that. Uh, incredibly, incredibly on, on fast On street car. tires. Yeah. So yeah. Tesla couldn't throw on some slicks and heat them up. I mean – it doesn't seem to spin the tires, and there's a there's a launch mode. Like when they mm-hmm. tested it, it was on the drag strip in their launch mode. By the way, launch mode is not like what you and I have seen in these other and and these gas engine cars. Mm-hmm. The launch mode uh, has a countdown timer, and it can be anywhere from seven to twelve minutes. Like they just sat there at the light at the drag strip at their test track, uh, you know, the street drag strip. Uh, and the car had to prep itself. It had to temperature the batteries and get it dialed in. It lowers the car and and getting it ready. It, it took them, I think, the first run. It took them twelve minutes. <laughs> for the, so as far as rolling up on a you know like a, a Saturday night or like a Monday run with your brung kind of Irwindale mm-hmm. thing, and cars are lining up, you don't get to skit to the light and sit there for twelve minutes as the car preps its health. <laughs> Is uh, and it's not spinning the tires. It doesn't spin all, the tire. Four wheel, all wheel drive. All wheel drive. It's three motors: two in the rear, one in the front. But the question is: is it's obviously calibrated in launch not to spin the tire, so it's going to go right up to the edge. Yes, of where they would break loose, and there, and I, they would stop. But if you're running a slick, would it be recalibrated? You I know don't what I mean? know. And did Tesla do that to get their sub two? But they didn't run a slick they because also slick. they did the video with Leno and he ran something fast, right? Mm-hmm. He, he, they backed it up with him. The point was they're like, out of the showroom floor, it runs 923s. Out of the showroom floor at a drag strip, it runs 923s. A showroom floor to, you know, with street tires on the street, it runs, I don't know, nine. 50 or something like that. It's, right. still, it's still faster than anything out there. That's 1,020 horsepower. It's like a 1,000 pound-feet of torque. What uh, uh, what architecture is that on? Is that on the – that's on the sedan, right? That's the sedan, the Model S. It's still right. the same one. And and arguably, that's a little long in the tooth. So they're, they're doing some things like a lot of car companies do. You know, Dodge Charger has been out for a long time, so they just keep throwing horsepower and fender flares out of it. Mm-hmm. It's literally what they did here. They threw horsepower and fender flares at it, and and made it more competent. And you know, it pulled a lot of G's on the on the on on the skid pad, and the braking was okay. But it, it's not really to Alistair's point. He was saying, don't expect it to be an M5 or a you know a Porsche Panamera Turbo. I mean, it. And the interior is, even though the car has all the performance, it, it doesn't have a sporty feel in the interior. The interior is the same. Seats are flat. It doesn't have like a sporty mm-hmm. seat. It doesn't have mm-hmm. cool Recaros. It doesn't, it's not really, in that essence, a sports sedan. It's just a really, really fast electric car. One of the things he brought up was going as fast as they did around the, around the track and drag racing again and again with – your body being so used to a combination of of sense of speed, the visceral part of it, uh, he got sick after after a couple, you know, whatever, a couple hours. He had to take a break, drink some water because the body was like, "You're going really fast, like a roller coaster," but we don't hear anything, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I was like, you know. I get it because you're filming and you're talking to the camera, but if you roll the windows down, you would get a sense right. of speed. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's true. We, we never even thought to roll the windows down for a breather. But uh, the interesting part is is there's no steering wheel. It's a yoke. And it's kind of a shit show. Like, yeah. You can't hand over hand. You're and, saying yoke, but it's kind of a butterfly yoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they literally call it a yoke. He called it the joke. But it looks, you know, it's it's Night Rider. It's Michael right. Knight. It's an airplane. It's just it's just. And well, it's, a yoke. See, to me, a yoke mounts on the floor, and the steering column goes, you know, through the firewall. Right. But it's a like butterfly. It's a butterfly steering wheel. Right. Tesla literally calls right. it a, a, a yoke. He said, not only can you not go hand over hand, it, you're just kind of slapping away. Right. Uh, but also, you're you're as you're doing it, you're looking for something to grip. You're constantly hitting buttons and the right. horn and all yeah. kinds of stuff. Uh, he said that that's kind of a mess, and it's like, why do it? It's it's like, it's 
It's for Twitter, right? That's, yeah, you know, that's it, that's the thing. So and, people in the parking lot know when yeah, they look through the window. Tesla's all in on this uh, this yoke. Um, I, I, you know, it seems kind of silly. It seems like it could be an option. It doesn't have to be the standard thing. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. A, a couple ergonomic things. We talked last week about the ergonomics in cars, right? We talked about that Tesla trackpad mm-hmm. and certain shifters going up mm-hmm. and down and touchscreens. Mm-hmm. Again, here, uh, if you see the photo, on the left side, your left thumb, mm-hmm. that's the indicators, your signal left and right. It's mm-hmm. not left side and right side mm-hmm. of the steering wheel. Right. And he said you just it's just too tough to get used to because mm-hmm. now you're using your left thumb to turn right and turn mm-hmm. left. The signal, yeah. And it's just, it's just kind of – it's a weird ergonomics thing. It just doesn't make sense. And the car does this weird thing um, – it doesn't have a stock where any sort of park, drive, neutral doesn't have any mechanical way of doing it. On the touchscreen, there's a slider where mm-hmm. you with your yeah. with your finger up for drive, slide it down for reverse. Now the car also tries to figure it out for you. You pull into your garage at home, it says there's a wall there, so when you get in it and put it, your foot on the brake. It's in reverse. Right. It's going to want to go reverse. Mm -hmm. But there's a few times it doesn't work. You pull up to, let's say, take Sonny to a game and there's a fence, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't really kind of figure out the fence. So it's a little hokey. And I I did see videos of of people trying to just do a three-point turn. Oh, there's yeah. no walls. Right. So you're you're f- spinning this thing around with the yoke and you can't grab the top. And then yeah. you spin up and then you yeah. got to slide up and you got to slide down. And, you know, if you're in a rush because you're in the middle of traffic. Yeah. It's, it's just, would, I don't know. Just that would bother me. For such a such a smart car, this is a, kind of a, a dumb thing. But that being said, incredibly impressive performance. We have a sedan that weighs 4,800 pounds. It runs nine twenties in the quarter mile. It arguably hits two seconds, give or take zero mm-hmm. to sixty. It's just a rocket. It's just a rocket ship. Like I, I don't know that you're going to go to Laguna Seca and have as much fun in this as you would, let's say, an M5. But it would definitely, uh, you know, haul around the track. All right, take care of your business, then I'll talk to you about a Mustang. Yeah, okay, let's talk about uh, good guys. It's the Rod and Custom Association. It's coming to Loveland, Colorado for the 23rd Colorado Nationals, presented by Griot's Garage. It's at the Ranch Events Complex on September 10th through the 12th. It's right around the corner. There's over 2,000 classic cars and trucks on display with an autocross, a burnout competition, and vintage dragster exhibition. They also have a huge swap meet and a specialty car auction. And, of course, bring the whole family. There's live entertainment. There's a model and pedal car display. There's a whole kid zone that's free. By the way, kids six and under get in for free for the entire event. You can go and you can buy your tickets at goodguys.com. Use promo code CARCAST for $5 off. That's good-guys.com. Promo code CARCAST for 5 bucks off. Well, I don't know if you saw on Bring a Trailer, but there's a Mustang Cobra. Uh, yeah, on there. I yeah. knew you. I knew you saw that. There's a Mustang Cobra with like 120 something miles, and the Cobra R with 43? 46 miles. 46. Now, now, I I know a guy, a very nice guy that I talked to at Bear Jackson a couple of years ago, and he bought like the 122 mile Cobra R, the 93 Cobra R model, mm-hmm. 107 made. He paid 100. Twenty thousand, one hundred twenty-two thousand dollars, one hundred twenty thousand dollars for the thing mm-hmm. wrapped in plastic. People are like, "This is crazy! It's the most amount of money." And now, at, like, where are we now on bringing a trailer? It was like, it was like within the first hour, it was at one hundred ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> plastic on the seats. I mean, factory yeah. plastic, the factory wrap on the steering wheel, like the whole the window sticker. Like it was never even dealer prep. Like it's just, <laughs> it's is, which is interesting because. People send these to me, and I'm like, it's cool. I get it, but you can't drive it ever, so you got to just be that guy that has the big car collection. Yeah, it's... Uh, Where's it? it? $130,000? $130,000 right now. Yeah, so here's the, uh, here's the business model. In 1993, you spend... 
$39,000. Yeah, this if car. That, maybe 25. Yeah, I don't know. See what this thing's stickered for. You spend 30 grand for There's it. There's probably a picture of the window sticker in this. And then uh, 20 years later, it's worth a buck 75. But if you just put that money into a T-bill, <laughs> you'd probably break even. <laughs> yeah, but you don't get to stare at a T-bill every day. $25,742. Wow. All right. You're going to turn a profit because this thing's going to hammer out buck 80, I'm yeah. sure, right? Yeah. I mean, Wh- you didn't get which, the driver, but you got to stare at it. Yeah. You which, got to talk about it. Which makes you wonder what those, uh, what my favorite SVTs. <laughs> the SVOs. SVOs, sorry. Yeah, they're it. still like 20 grand. <laughs> I'm telling you, people, snatch a few of those up. Those yeah. things uh, clean one of those. You'll do okay on that car. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, the R model is only 107 made. 49 miles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of kind of cool piece. But again, there's the, there's the rub. You get this car. It's got all the plastic on the steering wheel and the sticker and the window and everything. And now, do you go out and drive it? You don't drive it. You buy another Cobra. Yeah, you, you and, just and buy, by like, the way, another streetcar Cobra. People, or something. people get all highfalutin. Like these cars were meant to be driven. Yeah. Not this, this one. The, Clearly, wasn't. Well, this car's got. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> two hundred eighty-six horsepower. Three hundred and fifteen. Two thirty-five. Two thirty-five. <laughs> I was being generous. <laughs> all right, this thing's got two thirty-five. I mean, it was underrated. It was like two fifty. All right, let's say two fifty. <laughs> I don't know if this thing's a five-speed. Yeah. Um, they're probably all five-speeds. It's got 250 horsepower. It's uh, 3,800 pounds or 37.5 or... 32.50. Really? All right. It's over three hundred. It's over three thousand pounds. It's got two hundred and fifty horsepower. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have that much fun in it. It's <laughs> basically what I'm saying. Just go, go right. get yourself. Uh, Just go get another '93 Cobra. Put a supercharger or something on it. Like modify it a little bit. Do what you want. Or get like a Mini Cooper R. Yeah, and Ooh. go have some fun. I t- the new Z. The new I get the Z. new Z. Yeah, right. I mean, that thing looks good. It's priced right. Four hundred horsepower. Manual transmission. You have a blast in that car. Yeah, go throw that thing I around. I can't the wait track. to drive that thing. That thing looks good. I uh, finally <laughs> washed the old Zine. I it saw back, in the, back well, in the shop. When you say I, you I, mean, you mean I dispatched someone to do it. <laughs> I think I saw Roberto over there. Hell yes, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I saw him crawling around the back seat, wiping it around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me tell you about the uh, Craig Pocket Hold Jig Five Twenty Pro. Oh man, now anyone can easily create the perfect. Strong pocket hole joints with the Craig Pocket Hole Jig 520 Pro. It's the most versatile pocket hole jig. Yet, ah, uh, I wish these things were around when I was a young cabinet maker, man. <laughs> you had to do it by hand. You had to eyeball that. <laughs> no, man, I had to make, I had to do joinery. Like, I had to make dados and rabbits and, you know, I had to, yeah. I had to really like carve out a slot and drop the other thing in. It was a lot of work. It was a mess. Through nail it glue it and everything that's six dollars an hour you ever made (laughs) (laughs) probably up to 12 by then yeah i wish i had this uh, craig pocket hole jig man and it's a beautiful tool it's a real piece it it'll help you line up it'll line everything up perfectly and then you bore at an angle i don't know if it's 45 degrees but you bore in at an angle and they give you special screws they give you uh 100 Craig pocket hole screws and a project plan, and it uh, retails for just $99.99. Um, also, you get the driver, so you can drive the screws in and then detach it. It'll give you the bit because you got to do the right size bit for the special pocket hole Craig. It's good that tools. it all comes in a screws. kit. Kind of, it yeah, takes, it's all it there. Takes a lot of the. It, you know, they got the booklet for it, so it takes a lot of the guesswork out of it. You're like, just follow step one, step two, step three. And yeah, well, if you if you have a um, – if you have – you know, you need a tape measure and a cordless drill, and then you're basically home free at that mm-hmm. point. Everything else is there. And if you want to use it, I, I think the best way to use it is to build cabinetry – like, all right, so everyone's got a kitchen, everyone's got bathroom cabinets that might not do anything there. But 
How about for the garage? How about like some garage storage? Yeah. That stuff is so expensive. Yeah, it is. And what you can do is you can go to Home Depot and you can buy vinyl coated white stuff. You can just buy blanks. You can just buy 12 inch wide blanks with a, with the edge banding, a white edge band on it. Yeah. You just take it home, cut it up and put it together, butt join it, put it together and yeah. use your pocket hole jig. It's as strong as doing real cabinet joinery. And it's fractions of the uh, of the cost and, of having and, someone and coming it out. Lines up right, like the white trim edge lines up. Mm-hmm. If you just went ninety degrees, you'd have that raw wood at the end. Plus, it's not as strong; it wouldn't really work. Right. So get that. And uh, a little tip: uh, when you do mount it in your garage, they actually make little white buttons you can put over the screw holes that just snap in, <laughs> yeah. so it looks all uniform. That is the crank pocket hole. Jig 520 Pro. You can go to uh, com. It's a nice tool. All right. Let's see. You can find me uh, live events. Is it this? Is it tonight? Where am I? Yeah, tonight at the Royal Oak and tomorrow at Kansas City. There you go. Tonight, uh, Royal Oak. Tomorrow, Kansas City and uh, Kansas City, the Arvest Bank Theater. So uh, doing a couple theater dates. Royal Oak is beautiful. It's a beautiful theater. So come on out. Say hi after the show. I'll come on. Say hi to you guys. Tell them. Tell us you're a car, car cast fan, and I'll give, a, give you that a boy. Chicago coming up, Park West, uh, September 24th. Solana Beach, September 22nd. It's out in uh, San, by San Diego. Just go to amcroll.com for all the live shows, and you can check out our uh, chassis channel on uh, Pluto TV as well. Um, what do you got, Matt? Uh, just uh, give me a follow on, on Instagram at Motorator. And until next time, Sam Crow for Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Hey, movie lovers, who needs a theater when you have Pluto TV? Grab your popcorn and your streaming device because free movies are here. Pluto TV is your home for movies. Great movies are playing anytime in over 20 exclusive movie channels of action, horror, rom-coms, and more. Watch hits like Saving Private Ryan, Pretty in Pink, and Charlie's Angels all for free. No signups, no fees, no contracts, ever. Download the free Pluto TV app on any device. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting, you want to save some money? How about you bundle? Bundle your policies at GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at GEICO. That is GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com.